Every round of footy has a theme, and the theme for round four was opinions. Is the game broken? Did Merritt deserve a week? Is Toby Green picked on by the umps? What do we need to imbibe so that Melbourne and Adelaide are bearable to watch? There were more quick fixes suggested by headline hunters than number of COVID tests hitting nostrils around Victoria. But don't worry, punters and footy fans. We're not here to tell you how to fix footy, because at the end of the day, it's not footy that's in crisis, it's the bloody world. And so with me to pick up the pieces from the AFL sky that's falling is the somewhat now frustrated king of COVID, Big Bustling Baz. Baz, what did you make of the week that was in footy and in life? Oh, mate, um, I thought we were coming out the other end of COVID. I was looking forward to you know, footy season for us starting and you know, maybe going to a pub and having a few beers with some mates and maybe even going out, you know, yeah. having a good night out and, you know, wake up next morning with lots of regrets and uh, anxiety. But instead, uh, we're back pretty much... Where we were before? Where we were before. It doesn't look like changing and there's now, you know, suburb lockdowns and thank God it hasn't reached my little Southside bubble. Yeah. Um, build that wall. Oh, 100%. Um, give, me, give me to the July 13th and yeah. I'll join you in the bubble over here. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm going to, you know, message Trumpy and ask him about how he's planning on building that wall with the Mexicans because we want the wall around the Bayside area, maybe maybe a little bit of Glenora as well. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit of uh, down a bit further towards Mentone, but, you know, we'll keep mm. it pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got footy, which is just being turned on its head as well because of all the COVID cases now. They can't go into state and there's, you know, travel restrictions and blokes catching up with their mates who just got injured and having a beer and now probably going to miss and... Oh, the draws in disarray, as they just say on the news here, the draw disarray. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting week. It's been a very interesting week. And then to top it all off, Clarko was a bit angry after his, after his team didn't play the way he wanted them to play. And the arms pissed him off. And he just sent the whole world into their favourite thing. And we would have thought in this COVID era that the regular news cycles would not occur. But regular listeners to this podcast know that Big Bustling Baz has broken down the annual news cycle and on course... It's round five, and what are we having round five? Footy's broken. Footy's broken, yeah. So we won't talk about that, but what I will talk about is one part here on Coach's Corner. Clarko said, just pay holding the ball. Yep. And really, I agree with him. Yeah, I do as well. But then everyone went, footy's broken. Yeah. And we're going to blame everyone. Everyone's blaming the coaches for trying to win. So my question to you on Coach's Corner is, should coaches... Try and play good footy in inverted commas. And follow-up question to you is that if you were North Melbourne, so that North Melbourne Hawthorne game was was a bad to watch in inverted commas. Yeah. Because North aren't that good. Reece Shaw knows they're not that good. He knows that if they want to win, well they're missing the most missing, important midfielder. Yes. But he knows that in going into that game, he's like we're not we're not as good as them. Yeah. So we have to bring them down to our level. We have to go get keep it in tight. Play a really scrappy footy, play that surge up under footy, and not try and kick it long so that McEnvoy can just chop us off. Yeah. What had happened? Clark Hobbs went into that game saying, if we out tackle them, we'll get the free kicks, and then we'll, we had to spread the game. He didn't get what he wanted, so he cracked the poos. Well, they also. But you wouldn't do. Like, that, you wouldn't change anything if you were really short, though, would you? Not really. And I mean, they took the game on more in the last ten, hmm. five, ten minutes, and they nearly won it. But, you know, Clarko also has his little zone that he sets up, and mm. that, that was impenetrable for North as well, and I didn't really take the game on. And I mean, the, as a coach, you're, you're coaching your team, the group of players you got, the best you can to get a, get the win. So if that means 
playing a certain style or a certain way or being more defensive, that's going to be your chance of staying in the game for longer and, and winning the game. And that's what you're going to do. And I think a lot more teams are, especially with the you know the shorter quarters, are definitely putting numbers behind the football. So six 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 is good for the centre bounce. But after that, teams putting numbers behind the footy again. So mm. I don't know if you watched the Carlton Essendon game, yeah. Because Essendon put so many numbers behind the footy when they actually won and broke quickly from the from the back line, they got to halfway, you know, half forward and had to stop because they had no one to kick to and they had to slow it down because Carlton then had their players playing goalkeeper as well and they tried a few times to go over the, over the top with Tipper and stuff, but. Yeah, by the time you slow it down that second, it gives Carlton a chance to get back. And it was the same in the North game. It was the same in the in the Geelong game. Slow ball movement allows teams to set up. Mm. And if you watch, if you watch the Carlton, uh, sorry, the St Kilda Richmond game, yeah, the ball bounced from end to end. They're taking the Pride Adelaide game, the Brisbane game, yeah. the GWS game against you guys was yeah. tight, but also lots of movement, and they were very good. Surprisingly enough, the teams that are actually pretty good this year yeah. are playing a good brand of footy. And the teams that are pretty average are playing an average brand of footy. Well, I saw a stat. <laughs> I saw a stat today on on so in twenty twenty, average number of kicks per game is one hundred and seventy five point nine. Yeah. Average number of backward kicks per game is eight point one. The top three teams that kick backwards are Port Adelaide, Collingwood, and Geelong. All right, so Port Adelaide thirteen point eight, Collingwood twelve point twelve, and Geelong eleven point twelve. Now, why you kick backwards is you kick backwards to switch the ball and take it out the other side. Or try and open up the midfield and mm. cut through the midfield. Guess who the top? Or well, guess who the three top um, three teams are that are in the top five for scoring in the comp? Those three teams that kick backwards and switch yeah, the ball. Yeah, is number one. Geelong's number two, and Collingwood's number five. Mm. So generally, Colling, uh, Geelong do like to you know keep possession a bit, and then they they go bang up the middle. Collingwood have been especially against St Kilda, and and parts of the game against JWS. And even early against Richmond, their ball movement was really good. And obviously, Port Port Adelaide's they're they're taking the game on. Yeah. They're playing attacking footy, and you know, so are Brisbane and Gold Coast. So, I th- they talk about all these rule changes and stuff. And I think they showed last night on the couch as well with congestion numbers. It, it's going back. The congestion numbers are going back now to what they were in 2000, 2005, That little bracket, mm. and it's because they lowered the uh, interchange. If you just leave the game alone. Coaches would keep adapting because that's what they'll do. If they change the rules, like with the six six six, or take them twelve months, and they'll find another way around. And those, but also to... we live in a copycat league, so we're we're currently in this era of Richmond style numbers numbers at the ball, numbers in numbers in the forward press because there's no scoring from back half doesn't work at the moment. No, no one scores from the back half. That's and old, that's, that's, and that's, old that's not the game's broken. That's just how you score at the moment. But Richmond aren't going to win the premiership by the looks of things this year. No. Well, so, Port, when Port, Port win it, or, or when Collingwood win it, yeah. or when Brisbane win it, or fuck, when Gold Coast win it, yeah. we'll copy them, and we'll play crazy attacking footy yeah. for the next four or five years, and then someone will come along, a Ross Lyon 2.0, and be like, you know what stops that? Defence. Yeah. And that will come along, and then we'll have a, a Sydney West Coast Grand Final, where no one scores anything, and it's like a 4-5 win, and everyone goes, that's the greatest tense game of all time, and we all play that footy for five years. And then an attacking team will come along, and then a team that only has no forwards like West Coast, West of Ball to come in, and they'll come along. And it's it does my head in, and it's hilarious to look at the couch last night. So you have Jared Healy won a Brownlow in nineteen eighty eight. What's the football that he likes to watch? Oh, he wants to see Gary Ablett seniors and all those sorts of players to come in and dominate again. Or yeah. shock horror because that's when he played footy. Yeah. Uh, John O'Brown said footy died in 2005. Oh, I wonder why. When Brisbane Lions stopped Stop. dominating. Yeah. So uh, when he couldn't play the game he wanted to play, that's when footy was broken. 
Um, you have Nick Del Santo on Fox Footy's stupid podcast saying the same thing. Oh, footy was broken after I retired. So if you just take a, a breath and go, oh, when are these people saying when was the best footy? It's usually when they played footy. And you had you had Key Fords talking about you know Brown's yeah. um, you know lack of influence on the game, influence yeah. because they kept blocking up his space. Well, yeah, that's, that's what they're meant to do. And they're saying, oh, lack of Key Fords at the moment. Well, you know. I think there's a lot of things going on with skill level mm. at the moment. That's due to conditioning and, and match yeah. practice and all that sort of stuff. And but I tell you what, guess who the best key forward is at the moment, and who the team is winning is getting plenty of it, kicking plenty of goals. Yeah, Charlie Dixon from Port Adelaide. So if, the quicker you move the ball, the quicker the and the more one on ones Charlie Dixon's in again. I tell you what, he's in it. They're going to kick goals, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. and there's not many good power forwards in the comp either. There weren't that many good power forwards in the history of the game. So, because bad power forwards are just slow, big blokes who have to have the ball land on their head to do anything with it. Yeah, and the, the, and now you need to be able to do stuff when the ball's deck as yeah. well. So, I, whatever, if they change rules, all I'm saying is that coaches will adapt and yeah. it, it won't fix anything because mm. the coaches and all that they're just a lot smarter than any of the rule makers. Yeah. And coaches need... Look, if they don't win, they get the sack. They lose their job. Yeah. So they're going out to do whatever they can with whatever they've got, the cattle they've got, and yeah, they're going to win a game of footy. Mm. And, yeah, anyway... Now, I just, other last bit on this, though, as well, is mentioned that all these all these headline hunters on you know, the couch and Footy Classified and SEN are saying, oh, it's we need to go back to the old days where, you know, it was we were scoring from end to end and there was no defensive pressure and there was space on the ground. But then they have an ad break. And then the next breath, they bring an expert on, or they go to the couch and they bring up their their graphics and whatever. And what's the what are the four things they always mention? Oh, this team's deplorable because they have no defensive second effort. Yeah. Oh, this team's deplorable because they don't get numbers of the ball. Yeah. Oh, this team's deplorable because this forward doesn't go around and apply a forward press. Nat, Nat Fife's no good because he doesn't do anything defensively. Yeah. Like, so don't don't criticize them then. If yeah. they want to play eighties football, then embrace them playing eighties football. Or don't tell us the footy's broken and say this is how you win games of footy now. I bet you if you brought back. 80s, 90s style of football, we'd probably lose viewers. 100%. I, I watched a lot of 80s, 70s, 80s and 90s football during COVID, and it's not that good. No. and it, it, Like, we're going to get crap games and we're going to get good games. It's, it's what you get in every single sport in the world. And every single week as well. The difference was, back in the 80s and the 90s, you got three games a week. Now yeah. we get nine. And yeah. We get to watch it, we get to analyse it for four and a half days, and we get to do a lot more with it. I think that there are always going to be good teams, there's always going to be bad teams, there's always going to be good games, and there's plenty of good games on this week, so we'll move right along into our analysis. So, segment two, what just happened? The big wins and bad beats of round four. Baz, why didn't you tip GWS? So, GWS, 10 goals, 6, 66, defeated Collingwood, 9 goals, 10, 64. Well, I did mention... You mentioned this last yeah. week. You said, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose, which means you knew you knew in there that they were, they were a big big sneaky chance of Giants. Are they the biggest Tremelian team in the AFL? Do they rise to the big occasions and get cocky and let their socks fall down against the poor sides? No, no, no. They had... Or have they just worked out how to beat Collingwood like Collingwood's worked out how to beat Richmond? No, we always have close games. And to be honest, <laughs> we need... We need... Mason Cox looked out of touch like he needed that game. Yeah, like there's never a person played for yeah. about <laughs> yeah. three months. And Mason and uh, Brody Mychek had a bit of a stinker. And then the other, like, Stephenson went out of the game after the first quarter. And 
we gave them probably three goals from just a terrible. I think Darcy Moore gave them one, and uh, Braden Maynard was the other one from absolute shocking turnovers that you just can't do in defensive fifty. That was two easy goals, and Toby Green just went. I'm going to win the match and and get us over the line. Where and so did Jeremy Cameron that last kick. He was barely sided all night, and then you know Degoe didn't really have much of an impact, and so our bigger name players and still sidebottom didn't have a kick to probably half time. Phillips is out of form, so. And we only still just lost to him. It was a repeat of the um, prelim final mm. last year, really, because we dominated that last half. I think they had, uh, last quarter. Sorry, they had, I think they had three inside fifties for two goals or something, and we had fifteen for five points. So I, I did say last week as well. We, we need to start putting more pressure on the score. We uh, we're becoming a bit like the Western Worlds. We keep missing easy shots, and I mean nine scoring shots of sixteen. We had more inside fifties. We lose by two points. So. Something that we've got to probably work on a bit more. And I know we had a chat in one of our private chats with another Connor supporter. And I'm hoping they're going to probably... I don't think they will, because it'll throw them in the deep end a bit. But I'm hoping they get a game into Wilson and you know maybe even uh, Kelly and see what, if they're fit. Or even some, just try something different. If Nathan Murphy's fit, maybe playing down forward. Or, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do this week with our midfield as well. I reckon Rupert Wills comes out and, and maybe push Chris onto a wing or in the midfield and... Because he's, he's bloody good there. Mm. He's a good player. Because he hasn't been... He's been okay half a half back this year, but probably give us a bit more drive through the middle. But then Chalor comes back as well. So, yeah, maybe give, it's time to give Quainer and, or, or Murphy a go down back. But we just see what they do this week. But, yeah, GWS, like I said last week, they're a top four side. They've got enough players. They'll get get um, players back as well. They'll stay fit. And, you know, Tom Green was awesome in that mm. last five minutes. They've got some really good young talent. So... Um, they'll be like I said Collingwood and Jerry West are a lock for the top four so I reckon we'll be fine by come finals so I reckon be a good contest Brody Grundy surely can't get beaten three from three by, by mummy so. history suggests he can though history suggests he can alright the second game to try and work out what it means the rest of the season St Kilda 15-3-93 defeated Richmond 10-7-67 are the Saints finals bound? We already talked about Richmond last week. You said put a line through them. Yep. And so I think the line's still through them, obviously. Yeah, yeah they're done. According yeah. to you. Yeah, well, they, they, they've got to go to um, West Coast and Yale, Perth yeah. and, and do the hub there. And there's going players not going. Mm. Um, and yeah, from their body language and demeanour and stuff like that, and even after the game again on Saturday, and I've talked about this already, but I, I don't reckon they're going to... I don't reckon they're going to be that good in the hub. Yeah. Just got this feeling. They just, just put a line through them. Asprey's out now as well. So put a line through them. They'll still win a few games. They'll probably still just make finals, but definitely done. Uh, the Saints, are they finals bound? Is this, is this the year? I think Saints, yeah, definitely. They're, they were pretty poor against us. Um, they play they play Marvel so well. Mm. Their ball movement was really good. Marshall was awesome on, on Saturday. Just took Nank to town. Um, and their forwards, they're real quick and zippy forwards. And, you know, um, King, King just created a contest. He didn't, didn't mark a lot and was probably you know a bit off the pace. But what he did was he brought the ball to ground. They got lots of smart zippy forwards down at St Kilda and even Memory. You know he's pretty works his ass off and did the right things and just made Richmond accountable and they just beat him with speed really on the outside and you know Caddy playing on a wings probably <laughs> with the speed of the game and what what St Kilda had. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna catch teams out with their speed this year and they're a lot better coached now with Ratton. And I think they got their mix right as well. And they've still got players that are out that can easily come in. Like Badawani just playing his second game and he's easily in their top, top mm, team. So, yeah, yeah they, they got, they're building nicely, the Saints. But now they've copped a couple injuries as well to Jones and um, I can't remember who the other one was, but I think they copped two injuries on the weekend. So it'll be 
interesting to see how they mm. how their depth is to replace those players who Jones has been really good for them so and then the last one Carlton 7-10-52 to beat Essendon 8-3-51 Carlton are finally winning the close ones but was that does that close win actually suggest there's more issues than positives against this Essendon side that had the COVID saga the Conor McKenna saga didn't play for two weeks just had the preparation after Carlton had went gone again to Cadinia got the job done against Geelong we were expecting them to absolutely just cruise in against Essendon and they made it a very well, hard task. They, they, they made it a hard task because they didn't capitalise on their inside 50s. And so in the before the last quarter, they had uh, nine marks inside 50. Uh, they kicked three goals, three, and three out of bounds in a full. Yeah. So they're getting pretty good looks. And, you know, 7, 10, 8, 3. So, you know, 17 scoring shots to 11. They had more inside 50s. They had more of the ball. They pretty much dominated all the key indicators. They just couldn't put away. And that's because they were missing Harry Mackay. You know, and even then, I know Harry is a good player, but he's still young, he's still developing, he's not going to tear a game apart. And he's know. not exactly the shortest kick in the town either. Yeah, so. and Charlie Kerno's obviously out. So they're four line, you know, around Casbolt and McGovern. McGovern, you know, last two games he's been in and out of the game, he's still providing a tight and doing a bit more than what he has done previously, which is good. Mm-hmm. Eddie Betts is, you know, flirting around there and Jack Martin and stuff like that. So I reckon their four line's a bit of an issue now. They're, they're, they're really set up well defensively with, you know, Simpson and um, Doherty and. Um, Dockery, sorry, and um, Weedering and Jones and even Williamson played an awesome game. I thought for them on the weekend, and you know when you got SPS kicking out of the back with you know Dockery and, and Simpson, they got some really elite ball users. You know Cunningham just really stepped up in, as well in the midfield. So and obviously Pitney's going really well. So Carlton, and the best part of that for Carlton fans is that you didn't even mention Cripps once. Well, because I reckon so everyone, that's a, that's a good thing though. Yeah, I reckon everyone was talking how good a game he had, but I reckon he was pretty. Average for a half, and even then, like I don't reckon he had a big influence. It was more Cunningham and Williamson and stuff like that who had, I reckon, bigger influencing. Influence Which is a massive positive, though, because yeah, all of the last few years yeah. has been Cripps dominates. They they in close games now. Cripps can just play, and everyone else is lifting the load with him. Although, so it, it, the things are like, is Cunningham going to back that up? That's the yeah. so. There's a few blokes, and Murphy didn't have a player on him. I don't reckon the whole game. He absolutely turned back the clock. Like you can't leave a a bloke like Nathan um, Nathan Murphy Mark Murphy Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Murphy free of half, across half four like you that. probably could leave Nathan Murphy you probably leave Nathan <laughs> no nah, he's, he's a good player but Mark Murphy no definitely not and he was awesome so we should see that back up this week because there's a few um, I remember last year I think um, they won a couple in a row and Cripper spoke about going out for a few beers and enjoying yeah. the win there's a few little comments there and it's whether those boys that had but really luckily enough games, with the COVID restrictions no beers will be had. No, well, they might have. Who knows? They might have joined Steel Side Bottom and um, win and done. But if you see how they go this week, backing it up. Yeah. That's and I'm. We'll get to that anyway. But yeah, it was good, and I'm I'm happy because I had my best bet for the weekend, mm-hmm. and they got over the line. And two dollars ten, I think I ended up getting was yeah. pretty nice. Very nice. And Essendon, are they going to make finals this year, or is this going to be a bit of another Essendon shit show? I, I can't see without a forward line like their forward line was dysfunction on the weekend. Tipper mm. got nowhere near it. Uh, Razio showed glimpses, but still. And then, you know, Stringer popped up and nearly won the game in the last quarter and a half, really. Uh, Bell Chambers got taken to town by Pitney and was pretty ordinary. Their midfield is still is just missing that. You know, they got Shield, it hasn't been the same. And, you know, Smith's a gun. Um, you know, they haven't got, um, who was it? Merritt, haven't got Merritt this week, mm. got suspended. But I see their midfield is still too small and this lacks that big-bodied mid that 
wins the footy for him, like a Mitchell or a Cripps or someone like that. Um, so it, and there's still a team that relies on scoring from the back half, and so that's obviously not the way to try and score these days. So yeah, they had they had some. I'm pretty sure they were pretty even on tackles mm. inside fifty, but they didn't take any. They took very few marks inside fifty. So that's their big problem. Mm. And McCurdy didn't really give much to him, and you know, I can't believe they gave away Mitch Brown. Like why he isn't in that team playing at the moment just baffles me. And yeah, I think uh, we've spoken a lot about how Essen snuck over the line, luckily in a few games, and they nearly did it again here. They would have been the worst three and one team in the comp because they didn't deserve to win all those three games. They should be zero and four. But yeah, I reckon. Well, they got another big game this week against the Pies and. I'll be, I'll be absolutely livid if we lost to them this weekend. <laughs> and so you should be. Yeah. And so you should be. All right, before we get to our round five previews, let's check in with the what are the odds stock market. We've got uh, three teams on the slide this week, which are the regulars, West Coast, Richmond, uh, and Melbourne. I won't consider Adelaide a slide anymore. They're just, they've bottomed out completely. Yeah. Um, what do we make of Fremantle and Sydney, though, in terms of their ability to bounce back this season? Are they going to just pay, pretty much take stock and start putting their sights on 2021? Because I don't think either side are that far off the pace, but they're putting themselves very far back yeah, in both, terms of the race. They're both competitive. You know what you're going to get. They're going to be in games. Uh, they'll, they'll, pull, they'll win the game. They shouldn't. Well, Fremantle won't, but Sydney will. I tipped Fremantle against Gold Coast only because I didn't trust Gold Coast enough and I mm. thought that Fremantle had been close enough against a couple of good sides but they were outdone again and obviously Fife being out and it looks like he's out again this week and probably even longer they reckon the scans weren't that bad but yeah it's around 7 he's back for the uh, Derby Derby so uh, yeah I'll be getting rid of Freo I had Sydney to make the 8 start of the year but now I'm starting to wonder if they can now but it all depends what happens with the, with the hubs. They yeah. might get the next six weeks at SCG, so who knows? Um, yeah, I'd be so the top top four for me now. I think I said to you on Saturday. I, I reckon Collingwood, GWS, Prolade are, are the top three teams, and I reckon Brisbane are now the fourth best team in the comp, and they're the top four. I think they're well and truly ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Um, the only problem for mine is obviously Collingwood now without how how do, how do we cover that and. Our scoring issues, Portland, whether they got um, enough, enough depth, depth, if they get a few injuries, especially if they lose Dixon. JWS, I think, have enough depth, but are they going to keep playing this hard-nosed footy? And you know they can, can hit and miss some weeks, and those we saw against North and Brisbane. We'll get to Brisbane when we preview, but there's a bit of a few uh, worrying signs, a bit of uh, me, me, me sort of cockiness action around there at the moment, and that's um, then we go back to a bit my man Charlie Cameron and. Yeah, how he uh, behaved on Saturday and what he did, so... Well, great segue as always, Baz. Let's get into it then. Our round five previews. And as you mentioned there, we have a big litmus test game to kick us off in our preview. Saturday, 7.40, Brisbane, somehow, are $1.88 favourites versus Port Adelaide, $1.92 outsiders. Pretty much a 50-50 game. It's at the Gabba. It's a one-point line and a 128 over-under. And you mentioned there they've got some concerns about Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane deserved favourites here because Port have been loving the Queensland conditions. I haven't. Port have been really good playing that surge, and it's a night game as well, mm. so it's going to be dewy, uh, and they've been playing the surge sort of mentality with that dewy footy, and the conditions a bit slippery. I, do you know why I reckon Brisbane are favourites? 
it's purely on the fact they've probably got the best defender in the comp playing on Dixon. That's Harris Andrews. And I think they've kind of got a better midfield group than Port Adelaide. But I reckon they match up really well defensively as well. Um, So, I mean, sorry, up four. I think they they, they expose Port Adelaide's defense. Um, So I reckon that's why it's so close in the market. I'm probably going to tip Port just for the fact that on on the weekend, we saw Charlie Cameron, um, if the ball didn't kick exactly where he wanted it, and you know, you're going to make mistakes in, yeah. in these conditions, he was turning around and giving massive glares and you know, spraying. And they actually picked up a fair bit on it in the, in the commentary as well. Um, and then just a few other little layerizing lair around, you know, blokes not giving it off the handballs when they should have and mm-hmm. having shots on goal. I mean... I know they kicked 23 points, but there was a fair few of those points that probably if they gave the extra handball or centering kick, probably would have been an easier shot on goal. Uh, and I noticed that Neil didn't have much of an impact in the first half because he got heavily tagged by um, Ben Keyes. And then they swapped out Ben Keyes for um, Murphy, which in a way worked a bit for Adelaide, but also got Neil in the game. So be interesting to see what they do there. And I think... Yeah, the ruck stocks of Brisbane. Um, Smith Smith's coming along, looks all right. I don't know if Martin's back. Um, but I reckon, yeah, Lysette has both them covered. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I, can't, I actually look forward to watch this game. I reckon it's the best game of the weekend. Mm. So Easily. I'm going to tip Port. But I think that if Brisbane win this, then they're definitely... As uh, like I said, the, the top four is already done, I reckon. But if they win this, then it just really shakes up the season for... Brisbane and where they could actually go because again with all the hubs and stuff like that who knows they might not leave Brisbane for another few weeks so they might end up going to a hub for six weeks and they mm. might blow up altogether but as it stands if they win this on Saturday night then I've got them ahead but I'm still sticking with the Port just because I reckon they're harder and tougher and might do it for longer yeah and I think Port will have the advantage a little bit of this will be, this will be the end of their hub stay and so they can kind of give that self that theme you talked about. And so I think yeah. the really good coaches this year that have their players on song, and Kenny Hinkley is one of those, will can play off that a little bit more this year. And so I think it'd be like, let's get one more, take momentum that back home to Adelaide. And so I think Port will be the pick there. It is a bit concerning though, I think, because I think Brisbane's midfield is probably better. And so if it becomes a bit of a shootout with the ball going back to the centre, it gives Brisbane a chance to stay in that game with quick entrance kicks. Yeah. Well, that's, Which mean, team do you reckon will be better, though, at conversion? Because both teams have been creating a lot of shots but not converting quite well. I just reckon... I haven't seen Robbie Gray have much of an influence yet this year. I reckon he's due. Dixon's due. Like, Dixon's just tearing it up. Mm. But uh, Carl Amon, like, who mm. would have seen how good he's been? He's been a phenomenal player for him this year. I, like I said, I just think Port Adelaide will be harder, tougher for longer, and I'm backing them to score more. It's going to be a high-scoring game because the way both teams yeah. play. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm backing in on Port to take more of their opportunities and Robbie Gray to have a blinder. And, uh, Motlop was a bit quiet last week as well and he generally plays pretty well in these sort of conditions. So, in these sorts of games as well when it's nice and open. Mm. But, yeah, I'm backing in Port all the way. And, yeah, I just think that while Brisbane probably have a better line, better matchups for him, I just, and I'm probably now I'm thinking about this a bit more, but I just, don't talk yourself out yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm sticking to my gut. Yeah, that's right, sticking to your gut. If your gut says Port, go with Port. Some closing remarks to go against that. So this is your last chance to back out. Brisbane have won thirteen of their last. Brisbane have won eleven of their last thirteen games at the Gabba. 
They've covered the line in each of the last four games against Port Adelaide. But, and surprisingly, six of Port Adelaide's last eight night matches have gone under the yeah, mark but, of 128. Yeah, but that's because they're... Playing poo teams. Poo teams and, and they're scoring 120 yeah, like yeah. against Adelaide and stuff like that. So, I wouldn't so, too much into that. Yeah. Interestingly, if you think it's been an overs game, I would probably go and tip Brisbane. But I'm going to go with momentum and go with Port. And I think Brisbane might get knocked down a patch there. I think I think your moments there of saying that they're a little bit ahead of themselves, flying under the radar in the comforts of their own state. I even I think they that, could get found out. Well, even like when they beat um, Freo two weeks ago, Fagan like celebrated a bit and said, you know, fuck yeah. yeah, but yes, we won that. Because I reckon he even knows that he's teetering. And I, he'd be giving them strong messaging on it. Yeah. But sometimes the players are oblivious to it until they actually feel a loss and go, and then when they do the review, like, well, hang on. Yeah, this what, is what I've been talking about for the last three weeks. Here's examples of it against Parallel and this is why you lost the game. So I reckon it could be a bit of a, a bit of a shake-up for them. The loss I need to have, yeah. no less. All right. We said it's a crazy season this year, so there are plenty of potential underdog moneymakers this week. The first of which is Thursday night's game, 7.40, Carlton. $2.25 outsiders against St. Kilda, $1.65 favourites at Marvel Stadium. Line here is a goal, the over-under, one twenty-six. Now, is it just a simple case of St. Kilda's at Marvel, therefore they win? Yep. Wow, alright, review over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, if Gresham can get 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 up, so they're playing Thursday night, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. So, Gresham rises and he hit, yeah, touch and go. Yeah. Jones is out, isn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty much pretty sure he's been ruled out. So, who comes in for him? And whether they can have the same impact. You know, Jones has been pretty good for him. He's really good at releasing that handball. He's been pretty hard um, around that midfield for him as well. And then Carlton, so like obviously they lose Savani and does McKay come back in? That adds, I reckon that helps St Kilda a bit with their, because they've got a pretty tall defence. So, yeah. so having that extra tall, I reckon, helps um, St Kilda out, out a bit. I just think that St Kilda's midfield is better. The, the ruck duel between Marshall and um, Pitney is going to be really interesting. I just, I just don't think Carlton's got a really solid defence and a really good like you know back six. But I just reckon if with the quick ball move, if St Kilda can replicate that from last week with Richmond, that mm. they're going to be too too strong and outscore Carlton. We yeah. saw that, and know, just their spread is quite quite good. So basically, they're playing Port Adelaide football without probably the Port Adelaide players. Yeah, but yeah, they they can get numbers to the footy, and then as soon as they win possession, they can search forward and spread. And so that's probably where they're going to find Carlton now. So if they if they play against like they did against Richmond, they will out they will just they'll score too heavily for Carlton mm. to keep up. Carlton might be in the game and be competitive, but I worry about Carlton's scoring capacity at the moment, which we saw again at the MCG on the weekend. So and Levi Casbolt can't keep kicking. Goals or out of bounds on the full. So yeah. he's got to start missing eventually. But yeah, I reckon, yeah, St. Kilda should win this and win it well. But you know what? If they don't, then <laughs> it just throws everyone's tipping out the window again, I reckon. Mm. But I'm pretty confident in the first two tips, Port and St. Kilda. Yeah, I agree with you there. Another moneymaker potentially is Saturday, 1.45, West Coast are $1.55 favourites against Sydney. $2.41 outsiders at Metricon Stadium. The line here, 9.5, the over-under, 1.26. Can you please explain to me why the bookies have put the Eagles as favourites? I've got no idea. Like, they were a little bit better last week. Like, a little bit. Mm. Um, the midfield started getting going a bit. But, like, no, definitely in the game for a half. So, oh, but that's okay. I don't reckon but... they were actually in the game. I reckon... Um, they took the foot off the pedal a bit. Mm. Uh, port, port, yeah. For that quarter. So... The third quarter mm. when they let him back in the game and then they put it back down again and that 
the game was done pretty open by half time. Their midfield did, you know, play a bit better and, you know, Josh Kennedy did kick four goals, but I think he kicked three or four goals. But I still think, you know, Darling's out of form. I don't reckon he's still in any form. Um, obviously, McGovern comes back, but they just don't want to be there. It's hard for them to change their their, men, their mental state and their mentality around the week. I know Simpsons messaging's all of a sudden changed, mm. but I don't reckon they cannot wait to have this game over and done with and get on that plane and back home. Like, they seriously cannot wait. So, And even if they were fully on, West Coast aren't the side that the Bulldogs are in the sense that like, the Bulldogs beat Sydney with their spread from source yeah. and just their, their ballistic nature. And West Coast don't play that style. West no. Coast play that slow, measured, yeah, safe footy. footy. Yeah. And that's going to help Sydney back up their defensive structures and play the kind of... They can keep it on the inside especially and then they can just grind out a, a, a hard win. The, the, the big advantage... Of- West Coast going to have is obviously Nick Nat. Yeah. I mean, we saw Naismith go down, so Cal Sinclair's going to have to go back in the ruck. Nick Nat should just have total dominance around those stoppages. But he's had total dominance pretty much every game he's played. Yeah, I know. But the no midfield effect. hasn't jumped on the ball yeah. with him, so it's whether the midfield goes up a rung or two and helps him out and helps their ball movement and, and you know, their forward line out and their defence out, that that's going to be the difference. But again, like, neither of them have been scoring a lot, so... It's going to be a pretty hard slog. I'd definitely be going unders. I'm probably going to tip Sydney just for the fact that I, I don't reckon that West Coast can wait. They'll probably run home by the first quarter. and I reckon it'll be a close game just because neither team can really... They, they both struggle to score a bit. And I think that's seen in, in the last few games. So uh, I don't know who Sydney get back. and Obviously, Nace miss out. But they were pretty disappointed too, I reckon, last week, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and... They've had two disappointing... Oh, they did beat North. So, yeah, I don't know. It's at Metricon. It's going to be you know, probably a slippery conditions. I'm pretty sure it's going to be wet or it's dewy as it is most of the time there this time of the year. So, um, yeah. I'm yeah. Just going to go Sydney. Just Nothing's changed for West Coast, so how can you tip... How can you tip them in at 55 when Sydney, you know, when you get there, mm. pretty consistent, so... And even in terms of value, you know that Sydney are probably a better chance of winning than their odds suggest. Yeah. And so West Coast are probably too short there. Interestingly enough, if you can find a market for no goals kicked in the first quarter, that would be an interesting <laughs> roughie. So Sydney and West Coast are yet to win a first quarter this year. Yeah. So expect a very, very slow start to a very, very dour game. And I'll tell you what, Papley is improving his uh, draft or his, his value, mm. trade value by the end of the year for Sydney too. He's doing them a good, a good thing because... Yeah. Uh, He's been very, very good early this season. Saturday, 4.35pm. Geelong are thirty favourites against Gold Coast. That's right. Second place Gold Coast. $3.40 at Cadinia Park. The line here is three goals. The over-under, one twenty-four. Now, can your maestro, your icon, your legend, Stewie Jew, upset the apple cart on Joel Selwood's and Gary Ablett Jr.'s big day? Well, now they're staying down here, aren't they? So they're going to come down and stay. Like they're, they're, they're going to have to, I think, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting sort of time for them, I reckon. They're a young group, so they mm. might actually enjoy it a bit more because a lot of them won't have families and stuff like most, yeah. most other clubs because they're such a young group. Um, Stewie Dew is a master. I love him and he's just a king. And if you ever, if you ever hear this, Stewie Dew, I'd love to spend a day with you just coaching and just talking, chewing the fat. Well, you've got family in Geelong, mate, so maybe you need to go down I'll get him on Zoom. Just Zoom, yeah, just yeah. stalk him. Um, Geez, Geelong looks slow against Melbourne. 
But, but were they deliberately slow? No, I mean, when Melbourne got the footy and broke the lines, oh, yeah, they yeah. looked slow. They couldn't keep up. They didn't defend that well. And it was a pretty ordinary game, to be honest. But uh, that's, that's my biggest concern about Geelong. You know, they obviously get away with it because they're playing on a skinnier ground at, at Cadinia. But when they get out, <laughs> I can't wait for them to get to Perth. They get, they get towed up. Anyway, um, I reckon Cats will win, but I would not be surprised if Gold Coast keep it within 10 points. How are you so confident the Cats will win if you think the Cats are a, a shine? If you think they're done, put a line through them, they're too slow, they're no good. No, they still have enough to beat a solid Gold Coast. We've run three in a row in uncharted waters, really. Yeah. And it's two of their pretty much favourite sons big games big moment they've been pretty ordinary the last two weeks surely they can pull it out and I reckon might be a few changes down at Catland this way uh, I don't reckon Jack Stevens that fit I reckon he should I don't think he should be playing yeah, big, big, unsurprisingly yeah. as well um, and Big Sav um, probably needs a spell mm-hmm. um, especially considering they've got Josh Jenkins sitting there if he's fit wasn't he should be in the side ahead of Rav I reckon Big Sav um, you know the the Ruckman did a pretty good job on the weekend, I reckon, for them. Their midfield's still pretty strong, but now I noticed a bit more that Gary's pushing up the ground a bit more. Joel's back and danger, back a bit more midfield time. Tom Stewart's a big out for them, though, isn't it, with his shoulder? Um, but I, I'm just backing them because their home record, which I've been burnt on so many times when I've tipped Geelong. I've tipped against Geelong at Cardinia because I don't think they're any good against teams that should beat them if they were playing at the MCG or, yeah. or Metricon, uh, not Metricon, Marvel. Uh, but I'm tipping, I'm tipping Geelong the win, but I'm, it'll feature in my bets later, the margin bet. Yeah. I, reckon, I reckon Gold Coast are going to give it a fair odd shake. I think it's meant to be pretty wet and windy as well, which again will suit uh, Gold Coast's little mentality at the moment of just surge and attack yeah. the body. So. so I've got some interesting little trends I found, uh, courtesy of a bookmaker to begin with. So just the betting trends. Geelong have lost each of their last eight matches following a win. Yeah, they haven't won two in a row for a long time. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was meant to mention that last week, actually. Yeah. So they won on the weekends. Yep. Gold Coast $3.40. Yep. So if you were really brave, you'd tip Gold Coast. And I think I might be brave and tip Gold Coast oh. because you've convinced me that Geelong are no good. Carbon went down there and did the exact thing that I think Gold Coast is going to do. So Geelong are ranked... Last in the league for points considered in the first half, they're averaging 51 points a game considered in the first half. We've seen this year that if you get a lead early with the shortened quarters, you can hang on, just like Carlton did. They got the lead early and they hung on. I reckon Gold Coast is probably a better side at the moment than Carlton are, and so if they get the lead, they'll be able to, to hang on. They've got some pretty elite talent that they'll take it up to some slower midfielders, even though it is their big milestone games. But if you wanted to have a more safe bet, I'd say Gold Coast to lead at half time, but Geelong to win. Oh. So they're my, they're my two angles in that game. But I've, you've convinced me, and from what I've seen, Gold Coast are pretty good. And I'm happy to ride momentum until it runs out. Geelong have none, Gold Coast have all of it. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in milestone games. I think yeah, people, I people have yeah. turned, that, turned that down. Like, you don't get up. Are people are going to get up because it's Gary's 350th and it's Joel's 300th? Are they really going to get up for that? Are they a club that does that? I reckon, they should, I reckon the stature they have, you'd want to, as Joel and Gary might knock you out after, after the game. Well, especially Joel. He, it's you know, about him and yeah. danger, isn't it? It's a danger and Joel and Gary showdown at Geelong. It's the only three players you ever hear about. So, mm. yeah. 
look, if Gold Coast get up, I'd be ecstatic because you know how I feel about Geelong. Um, but you're still tipping Geelong. I'm still tipping Geelong. Just, right. I just because I've been burnt that many times, and I'm starting to get back into the game with the tipping, so I need yeah. to stay in the game. And I've already tipped. I'm going to tip a few more outsiders this week, so I got to. Can't be tipping outsiders all the way through. Doesn't work like that. Fair it's enough. a bit of st- st- strategy. All right. Another confusing money maker Sunday at 105 Adelaide. $2.35 outsiders against Fremantle. A dollar fifty-seven favourites at Metricon Stadium. The line here, eight and a half. The over under, one twenty-three. And for the second time this year, we have Spooner Palooza Part Two. So at Gold Coast officially won't be getting the spoon this year. You can pretty much bank that in. So now it's between these two sides, Adelaide and Fremantle, to see who gets left with the spoon. Is it, if Adelaide will win a game, it has to be this one. This one. And they actually, you know, for a quarter on the weekend... Oh, well done, Adelaide. Quarter and a half. Quarter. Well, that's Adelaide. Snaps for Adelaide. They actually got involved. and they, you, know, you know what changed? What changed? They put some young blokes in the midfield. So obviously Hamill was out concussed, but yeah. Murphy went in the midfield. Um, Keys was in there. Uh can't remember who the other young bloke was who plays across half forward. It's just it's gone off me memory. But they they went in the midfield and they changed the game up. They added, like they weren't as good defensively, yes, because that's when Lockie Neal started getting off the chain a bit. But they were really good and they gave a bit of a spark. They took the game on. They gave them a bit more than what they'd been giving previously, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez, is it is it that hard to tip them? Like I'm kind of want to tip Adelaide. I know that sounds silly. Based off what? Three have been in games. Yeah, but they're missing five. So it was Jones was the other one, I think. Yeah, Jones and Murphy, when they went in the middle, gave them a bit, bit of drive. Um, obviously, Kelly went through the midfield as well. I mean, they didn't rack up big numbers, but you could tell from yeah. that quarter that they, they changed things around a bit. So, uh, I don't know. I just reckon the Crows might get up here. Alright. Just based on that infamous gut of yours. It is, really, because, I mean, how can you tip either of these teams? Yeah, I don't know. That's the, that's the joy of the Spinapalooza, is that you never know who's going to win. I mean, the value there is Adelaide. I, don't, I think this is a genuine 50-50 as opposed to, as opposed to like, the, the difference in odds here. Yeah. It's so not... you're getting heaps of value for picking Adelaide. Yeah. But um, also, Adelaide have shown basically nothing. They've played one good quarter of footy since footy resumed, whereas Freo have been up into games pretty much every week. I would like to see the teams, I reckon, before I actually tipped in this, but yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards LA, but then I'm thinking about, you know, Freeman or how they had a big team meeting after they lost last week and whether that might drive them. And they got enough good players to, to um, you know, come bounce back. You know, Hogan's surely due a decent game if he wants to put his head over the footy and... I mean, Fremantle, I suppose, have been in games for longer and been competitive in all their games. Adelaide have been non, haven't been competitive and haven't scored. So, I don't know. I've got a big step for you to help you out. All right. So, Adelaide are atrocious with the ball this year. They've been outscored by 22 points per game from intercept possessions. That's last in the league. Fremantle have recorded 48 intercept, intercept marks this season, ranked number one in the competition. So, if Adelaide are going to just give Fremantle free ball... They will score goals. So, my tips with Fremantle. Yeah, I suppose when you look at Adelaide's defence, you know, it's pretty young with Makassi down there and uh, Dodie and you know, Tali looks a bit old and a bit slow. You got found out a bit last week. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bloody tough one. I'm, Very tough one. I'm kind of leaning towards Adelaide just for the... I, I have no idea, to be honest. 
Just that gut. Just that, just that gut. It's just that gut feeling. But, you know, they've just got, you know, with, you know Crouch and Laird and, and if other Crouch comes in, like, they've got enough good players because, you know, obviously with Fife out, it's really... Who's going to be the inside ball for Freo? Does Monday but go Surprisingly back? enough, though, that's not been Fife's role. Fife's had his highest uh, proportion in the forward 50 this year, or like season high. So 27% of the game time is now spent in the forward 50. Well, it's probably, so he's not relying on being the ball in the centre yeah, That's probably now. why they're losing games. Yeah, but it's Adelaide. Yeah, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, the tips will be out later. But as, as it stands at the moment, I'm, probably, with I'm sticking with Adelaide. But, I'm going with Fremantle. But I'll probably change it before. I think you will. And yeah, I think you probably should. Teams, once I see the teams. You know what? You'll probably talk me out of this. This will be exactly like the other week with yeah. Sydney played Essendon. Yeah. And I tipped... Essendon on the pod yeah. and changed my mind late to go with Sydney because yeah. of the travel and everything and Essendon got up and you know, same as last week should have tipped Gold Coast mm. but anyway we'll, uh, we digress we will another money maker the last game of the round Sunday at 6.10 GWS are $1.62 favourites Hawthorne $2.26 outsiders at Giant Stadium the line here set on the half the over under one twenty seven and I don't know what quite to make of this. No, Jarvis win. You reckon? Yeah. No Clarko special? Not really. The only, obviously, they've got a couple of injuries with Wilson. Great history against the Giants, the Wilson Hawks. and Davis are out, but I reckon that Davis being out isn't a big issue because they haven't really got a massive key. They haven't got a big toll that's going to tear apart a game. Like O'Brien and Mitch Lewis and that haven't really been threatening. Yeah. Wilson will hurt them, but I reckon they've got enough to cover him mm-hmm. um, across half back. Uh, I just reckon they're they're a better all around side, and I don't care. I know Clarko specials happen, but um, they happen against the Giants a lot. Uh, up there, I reckon there's a there's a bit of feeling in this game, and I reckon Jervis will get the job done. If Hawthorne do manage to get over the line, and I I made this comment over the weekend, and I I'm sticking fat to it. Chad yeah. Wingard is an absolute gun. If you mm-hmm. go back to when Poirot were actually good before they had all the, the shit go on, he was the, one of the blokes that was carrying him. I reckon he's a better player than Robbie Gray. And he's when he's playing like he is now, he's one of the, the AFL's elite talent. He's such a good player. He's so smart with the footy. He kicks goals. He's Clarko's turning back around. He's even working harder than I've seen mm. before. And he's, he's, he's an out-and-out star. And, um, I'm glad he's playing some good footy because it would have been a waste if he didn't. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm tipping GWS. It's got too much, too many match winners, and they're too good for Hawthorne all over the park. That's very true. I'm always scared of tipping against Clarker. You know my rule: never tip against Clarker. But yeah. I think the Giants are just a far a far better side on paper. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another interesting little quirk game here, like Hawthorne to win the first quarter but lose. The Giants have conceded 61 points in the first quarter this season, ranked last defensively in the AFL. Um. And the Hawks have been good at just doing the gritty stuff. They're like, they're like the team that North Melbourne want to be. Well, Canigio. So I saw your stats from mm. Canigio last year. He spent the first half in the four line, barely got near it. Mm. And when he got put in the midfield, I don't know whether that was game management or not. But you know him, Kelly, and Green and stuff like that. Like they're so good. And Cameron, Jeremy Cameron is due. And I don't see a matchup for McAvoy. Yeah, what does he? What does he do? But maybe they push him in back into the ruck then. Well, then what does Segler do? Like, because mm. all, all GWS's forwards are fleet of foot and they're very... I know McAvoy's athletic, but we saw what happened to him when uh, Big Sav down at mm. Geelong was on him. Like, he was able to turn him around and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Cameron and uh, Finlayson and those sorts of blokes, they're, 
and they've got a pretty small forward line. And you know, young Daniel, you know, plays a good role down there as well. He's a little fleet of foot guy and green and those sorts of blokes. Perriman, although I think Perriman will probably end up going back because of Wilson. There, I don't reckon there's a matchup for for him. So again, like. Yeah, I just think GWS winner. It's probably so long as the Giants, so long as the Giants work hard, so long as the blue collar Giants turn up. Yeah, it's an easy win for the Giants. Yeah, uh, that's that's that's, yeah. Well, that's, well, that's how I see it. Yeah, but so. will they turn up? Is my question. Yeah, toss a coin games now. Saturday, seven and forty. The Western Bulldogs as dollar seventy two favorites. North Melbourne two dollar ten outsiders. They're at Marvel Stadium. Line here is a goal. The over under one twenty five. It's just a case of which sides turn up. Because I feel like the doggies have shown that they can play to their brand, the old, the dogs of old brand. Blount had a great leadership game on the weekend. They went up to Sydney, got the job done. He was compared to Michael Voss last night on the couch. I nearly, like, he's a good player and all that sort of stuff. He but also, he's but nothing like Michael Voss. He's nothing Michael like, Voss was like a, like a low centre of gravity. Don't ever compare, like, raging don't ever bull. compare... Players. Three-time premiership captain to a guard. Brownlow medals as well. Yeah, Brownlow medals. Come on, come on, AFL MVP, All Australian captain. Brownie, you just—I love you, but you just need to pull that one pull back. Pull him back. Yeah. Um, when was the last time? I've seen this today. I can't remember the last time Doggies won three in a row. Probably the year on the flag. Because I know that I know last year they had a few games where they won two in a row and then would suffer losses. So. I kind of want to tip the doggies because they've been really good the last two weeks and North have been a bit off. Mm-hmm. But the last, the big concern for me is you know, we obviously talked about the doggies scoring power every week on this pod and they only scored 67 points last week. They lost Norton. Mm-hmm. So they, they won a game last week. They won the last two weeks but only you know still kicked 60, 67 points. Is North Melbourne going to score be more of a scoring power against the doggies is Todd Goldstein going to take young Tim English to school like English has been outdone by a lot of senior ruckmen in his past two seasons including this year mm-hmm. I know it's only a source man sample size is he and is if well you Cun- hope so because Goldstein's like third in clearances this yeah. year as well and then so. you got Cunnington hopefully come if he comes back in Cunnington he makes North Melbourne a, a different side of well, the they win that's, yeah. just, that's just the stat. Basically, when Cunningham plays, they win 90% of the time. And Zeeble's so, out, so Zeeble got injured. So hopefully, I mean, they play, when, once Zeeble went off the ground, funnily enough, they played a lot better football, a lot quicker football um, on the ground north. Zeeble is quickly reaching your Tex Walker's levels of hate. It's not hate. It's, it's not his fault the media pump him up to be something he's not. It's the same with Tex. They're not... Yeah, they're just they're, average football. They're good AFL football. Yeah. They've played AFL football. I'm, yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hack. Yeah, I'm happy to admit it. I'm a spud. Most things I do in life. Except for tipping. Because <laughs> you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah, they just get overrated by the general yeah. media and, and some of the public. And, you know, Zeeble is one of those blokes. So, um, and Ben Brown is probably close to being dropped, I reckon. But, yeah, I... Again, who do you who do you pick? I'm probably going to tip the doggies because their last two weeks have been better than North Melbourne's, and that's what you should be doing. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the way that the games that North have lost are the games where North gets out hustled from stoppage again. So Hawthorne swamped them, tackled them hard, spread from stoppage when they when they could. Doggies do exactly the same thing. And the doggies have a quick quicker ball movement as yeah. well. They don't probably have the. 
the doggies def- defensively aren't probably as set up as well as nor- as, as Hawthorne, Hawthorne, so yeah. they might be able to transition a footy better north. I really think that the doggies should win this as much as it hurts me to say this. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to tip the doggies, mm-hmm. but it would not. It's another one of those games. Wouldn't oh yeah, it wouldn't surprise us. Of course, it could it could happen, but doggies the pick as well. There, it makes the most sense. And ben Brown probably come out and kick ten. So. Uh, he did that last year. Remember, he copped all that fuck for two or three weeks in a row. Yeah, and the and next few weeks, bonkers. He bank. Yeah, yeah, I think he nearly won the nearly won the Coleman. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Uh, interestingly enough, the history of the betting odds are against us here. So, North Melbourne have won six of the last seven night games at Marvel Stadium, and the underdogs have covered the line in each of the last six matches between the Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne, and North Melbourne are the underdogs. And a couple of tip and forget games. To end this podcast, please, 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 if any of you media hounds, just ignore these two games. Don't watch these games. Don't tell me the footy's broken after watching these two games because these two games will be no good. Friday night, 7.50. Collingwood are $1.36 favourites. Essendon at $3.08 outsiders at the MCG. Line here, three goals. The over-under, a paltry, a paltry 117. You have nothing to worry about in this game as a Collingwood fan, surely. It's having still probably having still a side bottom out Jeremy Howe. And then Lyndon Dunn probably would have been the player that comes in for Howe. Howe and that allows Darcy Moore to play Howe's role, which I don't mind. I reckon he does that pretty well anyway. And I reckon we've got enough to cover. I mean, Howe's a good gun player. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather him in my side. But I reckon we can cover Howe. Um, I'm more worried about us going forward at the moment. But I, I still think we've got... Essendon on toast and if we don't win this game like I said I'll be absolutely livid mm. we, should, we should have a transition way too with two we're too good for Essendon and we should not be losing this game if we lose this game for you on a hub then if we if we lose this game you can probably tick us off not winning a flag this year yeah yeah I agree with that because we should be these are the games we should be winning I know you know if anyone can win on their day off blah 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 no, that's a lot of crap like if you're fair, Nikim, when we rock up, we should be putting away yesterday. 100%. I'm going back to the well with this one as well. Collingwood would win the first quarter. Collingwood would win the game and the unders. Yes, under 117. Because we saw Essendon and Carlton was, what, a 51-52 game. That's 103 points. Yeah. And Collingwood's much better defensively than Carlton is. Yeah. Collingwood's going to smash Essendon in the ruck, smash them in the midfield. They're going to get the lead, they're going to shut it down and that's play what, this boring Bucks footy yeah, that's what we do, that, yeah. that you do. Yeah. So, unders, win the first, win the game. Probably going to give you about five bucks. Well, I, yeah, I just really hope we put them away early and, and continue to put them away. Mm. Just give our blokes some confidence going forward because we're going to have some pretty tough fixtures in WA against Geelong. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's a tough fixture. Forget that. Sorry, I mean, uh, West Coast especially. Because once, once West Coast get home, they'll probably be a different team. Yeah. We've got to find some, you know, replacements and hopefully hopefully giving younger blokes like Murphy and uh, Quainer and, you know, maybe Kelly and a few others a run and even getting, you know, Braden Sears fit, getting him back in the game, um, in, in the team, might refresh us a little bit um, and might just give a few other blokes a bit of a kick up the backside. Because hmm. we do have a lot of depth and even, you know, get Varco back in there maybe. I don't know, just just give us something to just re-spark us a bit after last week because while we had the game... In the balancing, which probably should be one, we probably lacked that bit of X factor of someone to lift us over the line to yeah. say, I want to win this game and take it by the scruff of the neck, which is somewhat something you'd want Dugowie doing or Grundy doing or you know even Stephenson and stuff mm. like that. So I want a bit of that fight back and hopefully we, we uh, just bury the Bombers. Yeah. 
That seems to be the outcome. And last game for the preview, Sunday, 3.35. Melbourne, $2.52 outsiders. Richmond, $1.51 favourites at the MCG. The line here, two goals. You have under 123. Both teams are playing pretty yuck footy at the moment. Can the Ds jag a win against the Tigers, who everyone's saying don't want to be here at the moment? I'll tell you what. If Melbourne had a forward, he could kick goals. Yep, they wouldn't be Melbourne, yeah. Well, they, they're a weird team. They're no good. But I could see them beating Richmond. I'm almost tempted to tip Melbourne. Is that just your Richmond hate, though? No. Are you just reveling? Yeah, how, how have I been on Richmond hate when I tipped them last year win the flag at round seven? Yeah. You've seen... Uh, no, no, no. It's not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that you're being biased in your commentary. I'm just saying that you are obviously being quite enjoying this downward trend of the Tigerland. Oh, if Melbourne play... Quick ballistic football, which they probably won't, but yeah, they've probably got you, know, you. You guys looked a bit slow last week. I mean, you could make teams look slow at Metro, uh, Marvel, at Marvel yeah. sorry, but um, you know, is actually May and, and Lever had decent games on the weekend as well, so they, you know, they're going to match up well on on Lynch and Rewalt and who's a better side, Geelong or Richmond at the moment? Oh, Richmond. Oh, but then... So there you go. But, but Geelong have won more games, though. That's what I mean. So but if you still think that Richmond's better side than Geelong, then Richmond go to Melbourne. Richmond play Melbourne. Well, Melbourne, should beat, Melbourne arguably should have beaten Geelong last yeah. week. I don't understand. I know, I know why. Like, I do know why. But Salem had the ball 55 out from a free kick. Was, I think it was 50 or something to him. And why don't you just get it in there when they had the, num- the number out number? Because he allowed Geelong to push back and then it created the... You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um... Anyway, you still still didn't manage to lost, but do, can you see any way that Melbourne win this? Can you see Tom McDonald kicking goals and maybe? I cannot see a way Melbourne wins this because all of Melbourne's advantages they never make they never make use of. So Melbourne's best player is their captain, probably Max Gorn. Max Gorn. Yeah. So they should probably get first use of the football. Well, they you, don't. Saw, you saw how they're ranked fifteenth in the competition. They concede the first possession in 52% of their bounces. Well, for me, last week, when they dropped Jeddah and Bennell, I just went, what the hell is going on here? And mm. then they only played, um, there's been a lot of commentary on as well, with Brayshaw only playing like 60% of game yeah. time. Um, and yeah, like, well, Marshall went to town last week on Nank. So if Gorn goes to town on Nank, but, and look, where's Martin at the moment? Like, he's been nowhere. If, a lot of your players are very, But surely very the down. likes of Martin, Rewalt, Hooley, Cochin. Like, Cochin, they can't keep. Well, I think Cochin hasn't been that bad. Pressia, Pressia, those, those, yeah, those blokes can't be that bad for that long. Bolton, Rioli, yeah, Pickett, they all have to kind of Pickett, play to their Stack. level at some stage. No Asprey either. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if there's no Asprey, like, who's your number one key defender? Obviously, it's uh, Grimes, but but where's Melbourne going to punish Richmond when that's up? That's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. don't, don't if they had. A forward line, you'd almost like, yeah, you'd almost tip Melbourne. Pickett and Petraka are the two most dangerous forwards mm. for Melbourne, and they should all probably do a bit of Collingwood style situation, just isolate them as much as they can and play in deep. Because when they when those two were around the footy for Melbourne on the weekend, they made things happen and they looked dangerous. Pickett mm. Pickett looked unreal. And I'm, it, as long as he doesn't do it against Collingwood, I'm happy to watch Pickett and yeah. Track play that sort of footy. If they can get it in there enough, and and I reckon they can cause some issues. But it's just whether they make they make hay because yeah, like on the weekend 
they weren't that great for periods of the game. They haven't been great for long periods of the games, you know, even against Carlton. I think they've struggled to score, but... Richmond weren't that bad against St Kilda. St Kilda were good. St Kilda were very good. Richmond were okay and got beaten. Melbourne were trash against a trash Geelong side. So, Richmond win. Just don't know. Do you just did just, did Richmond just bounce back though? They have to at some stage. You just need one win. All it takes is one win. I suppose this that, is the win. If they're going to get a win, this is the game they need to win. If they lose this, then Jesus and oh, does, does, do you reckon Goodwin's in trouble? I know it's COVID and all stuff. But Probably reckon, not. Probably because it's COVID. I reckon he gets a free pass, and because Melbourne don't make tough calls, he yeah. should be in trouble. Because I reckon Nick, like, obviously they. What we spoke about it with Max Gorn, mm. oh, I just I reckon their culture is just stuffed. Mm. It's just there's something going on down there still, and it's not right. Yeah. Um, and when you get every Melbourne now, Melbourne fans are starting to really turn on Goodwin. So mm. yeah, it's interesting times, and yeah, I'll, I'll be tipping Richmond, but I can. It, it's one of those games where you kind of see Melbourne getting up just because the Tigers been that poor lately, but. But you forget how poor Melbourne's been. Since yeah, I know, been I know. Smashed in West Coast yes, a couple of years ago. So, tip Richmond. But, you know, it's COVID footy. So, gamble responsible. Everyone's favourite segment. Money making time. It's our feature bets for round five. Baz, hit us with your best bet. Well, my best bet got up last week, so I'm pretty confident this week as well. I'm taking Collingwood and GWS both at the line. So Collingwood's line is three and a half. GWS is seven and a half. Yeah. To get a nice little three dollars sixty. So just double them two up for my best bet. That's a very high value best bet. I've got a much shorter one for my best bet. Collingwood win the first quarter by three and a half points. A dollar ninety. What's your value bets for the weekend, mate? Um, my very bet last week was Charlie Cameron. He kicked two goals too. And he was lining up 15 metres out directly in front and decided to try and snap it. And it's about the arrogance I spoke about last week and he missed it. So not kicking, you know, not helping a lot. But uh, this week anyway, my value is Sydney to win $2.41. Excellent. Well, we are in agreement there. I've got Sydney to win $2.41 as well. I've got two other value bets. I've got Collingwood to win the first quarter, the head-to-head and the unders in the Collingwood-Essendon game. $4.33. And Gold Coast to upset the Apple Cart Cardinia. Wow. $3.50. Well, my roughie, and again, thanks to Richmond last week, because my multi last week was about 8 bucks, And Richmond was the only league that let it down out of the four legs. So thanks, Richmond. You keep stuffing me up. If you stuff up my tips this week, I'll be angrier. But I'm going Geelong. Super margin, one to nine points. They're going to be a real tight, close, scuffy little games it's me wet and dewy and stuff and at $7.50 that's my uh, roughy so you said wet and dewy as in Stuart Dew yep coaching master stroke upset the apple cart down at Cadinia. there are tips and picks for this week but if you want to send us your tips and picks here's some on Twitter it's at W-A-T-O-S pod what are the odds pod and uh, if our tips make you some cash and want to give some thanks give us some reviews on the iTunes or Spotify 